Hello. 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 Good evening, and welcome everybody uh, to tonight's live audio recording of Richard O'Brien's new pantomime, Pig in Boots, hosted tonight by the Wireless Theatre Company. Uh, my name is Axel Foley. This is my brother and partner in crime. Am I allowed to talk? Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, Roly Foley. That was rubbish. Let's do that again. This is my brother and partner in crime. Roly Foley. Roly Foley. It's a little bit more exciting than that. Roly Foley. Roly Foley, everybody. Give him a big hand. Excellent. Yeah. And we are the grandsons of the famous, but dead, unfortunately, uh, Jack Foley, who was a famous Hollywood soundscape artist. Some of which we're going to be um, demonstrating a little bit later on tonight, but we're going to save it for now. That's our best one, so just save it on for later. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, as a result of that, um, what we're going to try and do tonight, as far as possible, um, is we're going to try and recreate the atmosphere of a recording studio for the purpose of the recording. But please. So, everyone, maybe if you all close your eyes, because when you listen to the radio, you have your eyes closed. Because <laughs> they're in the way, ears. What's listening? the point in having all of this if they're going to sit there with their eyes shut? Open. Keep your eyes open, please, <laughs> for the purpose of, uh, of tonight's performance. Just let me do the... Sorry, I'm no. just... Um, yeah, so, but aside from that, we do want you to participate, please, as much as possible. This is going to go on the Wireless Theatre Company website. It's going to be downloaded by thousands of people and listened to. So you are actually a part of that this evening, which is cool. But we, get, we want you guys to laugh along and join in as much as possible. Well, that also means is the uh, actors might cock up a little bit along the way. And as you would do in a recording studio, we're going to go back and record the line again. So um, what we'd like you guys to do is, when they cock up, is to flag it up as a cock up. So you can sneer and cheer. Bastards! And... Well, not quite like that. <laughs> Useless! That's... Not quite as vicious as that. We're trying We're to not, create a Christmassy, friendly atmosphere. Exactly. <laughs> You're not very good. Do it again. No. <laughs> I said to him, stand there and hold the coconuts, and he didn't even stand there and hold the coconuts. But we're going to do a little bit of a demonstration of how that's going to work. Um, my brother and colleague here is going to give us a line, and he's going to balls it up really badly, and we're going to snare, chair, and jeer at him as a result of that, which is what we're going to do throughout the evening tonight, if you feel up to it. So, what line? Anyway, right. famous line. Um, uh, to be or not to pee? <laughs> yes! That was brilliant, but I think we can do it in true pantomime style a little bit better than that. Let's go again. A to be or not to see. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. And so, therefore, the actors will can then I go back. Can I do the line properly? If you, if you need to, yeah, if it makes you happy. To be or not to be. Excellent. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, the actor will go back and do the line again for the purpose of the recording. On that same note, please, it's imperative that you turn off your mobile phones, not just on silent, please, because off and then any signal will interfere with the sound equipment and it'll be a nightmare. So please turn them all off. And also, a bit bizarrely, if you're going to go to the toilet, try and do it quietly, but also, um, don't use the hand dryers because they're really loud and it like echoes into the room. And it's but they're all, they're all going to have pissy hands. <laughs> Don't use the hand drives. <laughs> Makes a really loud noise. It's really bizarre. And also, uh, the bar will be open after the performance, so please stick around and have some beers and stuff with us. And I think that's pretty much it, I think, isn't it? Uh, no. Oh, oh. yes. Ha. Richard O'Brien. Yes. Right, this uh, show is, of course, penned by Richard O'Brien, who unfortunately can't be here tonight as much as he wanted. I know, it's very sad. It's not it's dead. He's not, not dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Australia or somewhere. But um, so uh, we're going to see a short VT, um, a little interview that he gave a week or so ago prior to the show, and then after that we're going to start uh, the gig. So please sit back and enjoy tonight's show, Pig and Boots, hosted by the Wireless Theatre Company, everybody. Thank you. This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company.
This is the true story of Tom Tom, the Piper's son. And it begins where all stories should, at the beginning, but without the once upon a time bit. We find Tom Tom sitting, one wet, cold, miserable grumble, grumble, grumble. afternoon in the one-room cottage that he lives, sleeps and eats in with his mother Peg and Ned, his penny-whistle-blowing dad. Tom Tom is a happy lad. I'm a right happy lad. Uh, yes, a right happy lad. And, as you can see, he's all alone. I'm all alone. Uh, yes. And then... I start to talk. Shh! I thought... I thought that I heard... The kettle... Talking. This is the voice of the talking kettle. <laughs> I can hear voices. Lots of voices. I thought it were just bubbles, you know, like singing, but that's real singing. That's a choir. Oh, now, now someone else is talking. It's a lady with an interest in onions. Oh, now it's people having a laugh. Happy people. Happy people. Hello, who's this? Hello, Tom Tom. I'm the kettle, and you, Tom Tom, are a very lucky lad. I'm a right lucky lad. Why? Why am I a right lucky lad? Well, for a start, you've got the gift. <laughs> wow, last week I got the clap. Now I got the gift. <laughs> the gift's not a disease, Tom Tom. It's the gift of being able to talk to kettles. It means you're about to become of age. Oh, right. Oh, right. So it's like I've got special powers. All right, in a way. It means that... Do you know what my special gift is, Tom Tom? Boiling water? Apart from that. Monotonous whistling? Apart from that. Rock climbing? Look, I can tell the future, okay? Look, Tom Tom, you're about to become happy, very happy, and all because of a special young piglet named Patsy. A piglet? Named Patsy? Where is she? Oh, it's awful, Tom Tom. She's stuck in a right, proper pigsty of a place. She's one of Spry Squire Braggett's litter. Yay! She's one of Squire Braggett's litter. You've got to make friends with her. Make friends with a piglet called Patsy? I hate piglets. They're all pink and porky. Take her away from that pigsty of a home she's in, Tom Tom. She'll thank you for it. Reward you even. I can't do that. Squire Braggett's right big and right bad-tempered. I can't steal his piglet. It's not really stealing, Tom Tom. It's more like... A break for freedom for her and fame and fortune for you. You're marked for greatness, Tom Tom. Rescue Patsy. Oh, I've got to go. Oh no. Oh God, here it comes. Here it comes. But I'm not a thief. I've never stolen nout. Tom? Hello, our mother. Oh, hello, our lad. Hey, I'm right tuckered out. I've been humping these faggots through woods all day. <sighs> They're right nice-looking faggots, our mother. Oh, aye, they'll burn right enough. Hey, is that the kettle you've put on? Oh, aye, our mother. It were talking to me. It said I've got to become chums with a pretty little piglet called Patsy and that she's going to make me rich and famous. The kettle told you that? <laughs> yep. Good. Oh, here comes your drunken father. What's that about the kettle, our mother? Tom's been talking to the kettle. Well done, son. You found your intellectual equivalent at last. I thought you'd given up after that animated conversation you had with that bucket of milk. Now tell me, what did the kettle say? Come on, tell your dad. It said that a piglet called Patsy is going to make him rich and famous. Well, were we to believe that kettles are an all-knowing, all-seeing font of wisdom and predict the future with uncanny accuracy, 
we'd have to take our tam-tam very seriously indeed. But if, on the other hand, we believe that they just boil water, then we should conclude that he should go and see the brain doctor. Maybe get another good probing. Oh, no! Not the brain doctor! Our dad for another good probing! All right, our dad, give over. So what if the lad lives in a world of fantasy and make-believe? That just means he could one day be running the country. You're right. He could and all. Sir, where is this piglet of promise and prophecy? I've got to free her from Squire Braggett's pigsty. Free her? Don't you mean steal her? No. It'll be a break for freedom. And we'll become pals and she'll make me rich and famous. Think about it, our dad. That was a pause for thinking. <laughs> Think about it, our dad. If we were able to help the lad... Uh, liberate. Aye, liberate Patsy. She could either, A, make him rich and famous, and I'm sure he wouldn't forget his mum and dad and all I've done for him. Oh, no, I wouldn't forget. You'd want for nothing. Or, on the other hand, B, <laughs> if she doesn't, or more likely can't, come up with the cash or the fame... Well, then, she's... Breakfast! No, no, she won't become breakfast. She's going to do what the kettle said. Well, if the kettle has spoken, we can do now, but listen. And so the three conspirators settled down to discuss what they might do to help Patsy, or more precisely, what Patsy might do to help them. As they plotted and schemed, Squire Braggart was at Braggart Hall talking to his young daughter Petunia, who was home on her holiday from her very posh and very expensive school. So, how Petunia? How's that posh and very expensive school of yours been treating you? Have they made you chums? Hey! Have you made chums with any of them there titled young ladies? Any with a bit of money and position? Stick. I talked to lots of the girls and the others, the peasants. Well, once I even talked to the cleaning woman. <gasps> I told her where to stick her bucket. Oh, well, fancy that, eh? So, what do you young ladies find to talk about? Oh, uh, boys mostly, and how nasty and icky they are. But, as Adam Intolagio Daddy said to me, some of them make one want to swoon, while others make one want to absolutely rich. Now, look here, Petunia. When it comes to lads, unless there's a bit of old money or a bit of a title, you can tell them to sling their hooks. You know, Petunia, love, there's a lot of your... Hey! <laughs> you know, Petunia, love, there's a lot about you that reminds me of your dear, dead, darling mother... You've inherited, uh... Haunting beauty. Yes, I know. No. <laughs> no, I was going to say her casual attitude to money and receding chin. Oh, this. I know. It does make my neck look rather swan-like. <laughs> Aye. Well, if you say so, love. Eee, Pestle, I'm glad you're home. The pigs are doing well. And I reckon you'll be here for when my Patsy wins the prettiest piglet prize. The P, P, P. Aye, she'll walk it. How very nice for Patsy. Does she get a tiara and a sash? No. No, she gets now, but I get a small cup and a handshake from whoever gets lumbered this year. But that's not the point. Patsy is bound to win, and we, my lass and her dad, can enjoy the triumph together. I loathe pretty piglets, and I loathe the name Patsy. You used to love piglets. Oh, people change, Daddy. I'm just, just more interesting now. <laughs> well, all I can say is, when she wins that prize, we will all be happy. Very happy. I just hope nobody steals her. Daddy, only a moron would steal a pig. Oh, bravo. What excellent scripting, don't you think? That segue into next scene illustrated everything we need to know about the story so far. Isn't that right, Tom Tom? It sure did. But if that's the case, why do we need the narrator when we have such obviously smooth exposition of the story within the character dialogue? <laughs> <laughs>
Surely we could just do away with him. Don't make me get equity involved, Tom Tom. There's a good lad. <laughs> okay. I'm very hungry. I'm famished, but I might get lucky and find some worms or something on my way to Free Patsy. Yes, that's where I'm going. Yes, that's where he's going. Not now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you see, after me mum and dad and me talked how to get Patsy away from her filthy pigsty, it seemed that the best idea was for me to go it alone. Oh. They thought that they'd probably snow me down, get under my feet, become a hindrance, and I know what they mean, because that's what I'm like most of the time. Oh. You know, sometimes, like, I'll fill me mouth with peas and cough them down me nose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't want them doing something like that when I was trying to help Patsy to escape. <laughs> oh, I hope that squire doesn't catch me. I should point out that Tom Tom is putting himself in very grave danger here, for the law is about to be broken, and the penalty for stealing a piglet in Pantoland is really very, very horrible. First of all, they make you take off all of your clothes, and then they stand you up to your waist in poo for a week, while people throw cabbages at you and call you nasty names. Blackguard, you faggot. Then, then you are taken to a place full of brambles, thorny bushes and stinging nettles, and still with nothing on, you're made to run through them while people shout out, We can see your bottom. Then, they suspend you in the middle of a very high and very wide tightrope, which has been made really slippery so it's impossible to hold on to. And when you fall, and everybody falls, there's a big swimming pool below which is completely full of snails, which crunch and squish and you have to swim through them, still with nothing on, till you reach the side of the pool. And then you find, as you go to pull yourself out, that the edge of the pool is made up of millions and millions of slugs. After that, you can go home. <laughs> so, let's hope that Tom Tom knows what he's in for if he gets caught. <laughs> I don't suppose anything really nasty will happen to me, even if I do get caught. Do you? No! <laughs> no! 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 No, I didn't, I didn't think so either. <laughs> so here I am on Squire Braggett's farm where I've snuck without anybody seeing me. And here's the pigsty. Tom Tom arrived at a pigsty after sneaking unseen onto Squire Braggett's farm. <laughs> Tom Tom, did you just say that? Yes. Look, numbskull, I need this job. I already got turned down for Aladdin in Skegness Embassy Theatre. So you back up the descriptive stuff and I won't have to get nasty. All right! Oh, look, it's Billy Big Piglet, the biggest, meanest piglet of the litter. He's the meanest pig that you will ever see. I'm looking for a pretty little piglet called Patsy. That's me. What do you want? You're not Patsy! <gasps> Who's asking? Tom Tom, the Piper's son. Never heard of you. <gasps> what do you want? I told you, I'm looking for a right pretty little piglet called Patsy, and you're not little old pretty, so it's not you! Look, there she is! Who are you? I'm Tom Tom. Oh, the Piper's son. I was told you were coming. By the kettle? No, by the pot, actually. He was having a right good bitch about how black the kettle was and it just came up. <laughs> Can we become pals? I'm here to rescue you, see? <laughs> mm, yes, sir. Well, perhaps. Oh, I can't wait to get away from all this, Tom Tom. I want excitement, glamour, bright lights and the occasional jelly baby. I mean, it's all very well being the pretty one, but the others just get jealous of you and start acting like pigs. Open the gate, lad, and let Lady Luck take you by the hand. Lady Muck, more like. Shove it, Billy Big Piglet. At least I'm doing something with me life. Come on, Tom Tom, let's get a move on. Wait! You can't come out here like that. You've got no on! <whistles> Pang! <laughs> here, put on this bundle of clothes. Put on this uh, dress that I, uh, 
liberated from a clothesline and a bonnet I sort of borrowed from Sarah Beetle, the parson's wife. Oh, so you saw Sarah Beetle's bonnet and put your mitts on it, did you? Can you walk on two legs? I can tap dance on two legs and I can hop for miles on one. But I'm absolutely hopeless on three, like a buggered table. But, uh, oh, Tom, Tom, I do like your choice. It's all very chic. Oh, and uh, mittens and all, eh? Well, ta-da, what do you think? Uh, lovely. Look out, world. Yay! I'm ready to hit the pig time. I suppose you think you're being really clever, don't you? But you'll be sorry. You're a pig, Patsy. Be proud of it. Embrace it. Live in a sty. Lie in some muck. Go off on that mysterious journey to that wondrous place called Market. Sorry, Billy, but we're a rock... Sorry, Billy, but we're off on our own mysterious journey to that wondrous place called the Stock Market. Here's your first lesson, Tom Tom. It's better to buy and sell stock than it is to be it. Is it? Come on, Brain Box, let's blow. And so our very odd couple begin their journey of adventure on the road to the big city of Pantoopolis. <laughs> Along the way, they meet a man called Mr. Kindly Old Boy. With his rudded cheeks and dashing manner, he seemed like he had just leapt from the pages of a Dickens novella, but he hadn't. Well, hello. <laughs> well met, my fine fellow travellers, and what brings you abroad upon this glorious morning? <laughs> On the road to adventure, I wager. <laughs> Yes, uh, my cousin and me, we, um, we go forward to seek our fortune. <laughs> Splendid. <laughs> and may I inquire as to the name of your charming cousin? <laughs> um, well, first, whom do we have the pleasure of addressing? Old boy. <laughs> Kindly old boy. <laughs> One of the doddering old boys. <laughs> That's very near here. Oh, yes, I know Doddering very well. Uh, this is Tom Tom of the uh, distant Tom Toms, and uh, my family name is Pig. Two G's. Oh, one of the county pigs. <laughs> A charming family. Lord Pig has met my aunt twice. I shall send your regards when I next see him. A fine open carriage pulls up, the driver and sole occupant of which is Lord Hugo Yorway. He is a young, roguish, rather spoilt and good-looking chap. He has a chappish gait, and when one observes him twirling his cane down Regent Street on a crisp November morning, one might imagine he had leapt right from the pages of a Dickens novella, but he hasn't. <laughs> hey ho! What's a mess? Hugo Yorway. Yeah. Good day, Lord Hugo. May I introduce... The Lady Patsy Pig, two Gs, and my distant cousin, Sir Tom-Tom. Oh, I've heard of the distant Tom-Toms. Please do forgive our our poor attire. We were robbed of our coach and all that was in it, and then, oh, the shame of it, we were forced to wear the bandits' old clothes as they drove off wearing our finery and laughing and making rude noises with their hands in their armpits. Like this! <laughs> Look, making fart noises with my armpits! It's brilliant! One of the bandits must have been a very peculiar sort of fellow. I'm sure that dress looks better on you than it did on him. <laughs> it certainly wasn't his colour. May I give you a lift to my castle in Poshville? I offer you hot bath, good food, some fresh clothes, and you shall tell me all about yourself. <laughs> We'd be delighted, wouldn't we, Sir Tom Tom? Goodbye, Mr. Oldboy. Give my regards to your dear aunt. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Do we have a stage manager? Can I get a latte? Us too. Yes, Great. Please. Thanks. Now, <clears throat> we return now to the humble room in which we first met Tom Tom, where his parents, Ned and Peg, are sat discussing the day's events. Oh, love, any chance of a cup of tea? No tea, sorry. We've got goose fat. 
Fat'll do, Peg. Fat'll do. Right, well, I'll be off to work then, love. Off to work? Down the pub, more like. Where else will I find an audience willing to pay to hear one of my merry tunes? I mean, where else is there to go? I can't go up on the common. There's nobody except Mad Thomas and a few sheep. And that's not nice. I'll tell you what. I'll bring you back some mildew mash. You'll like that. A big portion. Well... He who plays the piper, eh? Don't wait up. I thought he'd never go. When Peg is quite sure that Ned has departed, she sets about her witchy business. She takes a tired, old, pickled onion and pierces it with a rusty needle. Then she takes a cup and pours into it a generous amount of cuckoo spit and some adder's milk. Then she drops the needle-pierced onion into the cup, swells it around, and utters some magic words. Focus, focus, mumbo, jumbo, uh, jumbo cat, mouse, and mumbo, jumbo bat. She drinks the concoction. It's no use pretending that it's pleasant, and it's no use pretending that the needle doesn't hurt going down. She goes into a witchy stupor. She dips her finger into what remains of the magic potion and then places the icky end onto a wart on her chin and she chants. Warty! You're naughty! Go away! I'm only forty! Hey, by gum! Thank goodness for that! It's gone. I felt right unattractive with that embarrassment on my face. Oh, uh, I'm having one of my visions. It's our tom-tom with that patsy. Oh, it's awful. They're having a terrible time. My son! Meanwhile, in the abode of Hugo... Oh, I couldn't eat another thing. More wine? <laughs> well, just to be sociable. <laughs> Oh, Lord Hugo, thanks ever so much for the nosh, the plonk and the clobber. My clothes are lovely. To whom did they belong? I had no gowns to enhance your attractive figure and pretty pink skin. The clothes you wear belong to my younger brother, who now, alas, resides in the land of the dead. Oh, I am sorry. Yes, Birmingham. (laughs) Tell me, Sir Tom Tom, Lady Patsy, where were you off to before you were waylaid by robbers and highwaymen? Uh, We were on our way... Uh, to fame and fortune. Yes, uh, fame and fortune. My family solicitors, old Mr. Fame and young Mr. Fortune, have been working on our new investment portfolio. It's a uh, get-very-rich-very-very-quick scheme and very exciting. I suspected as much. I felt sure there was something different about you. A go-getter. A rare quality in a fair lady of such breeding. <laughs> You're not so bad yourself. Has anyone ever told you... You have bedroom eyes. No. But someone did once tell me I looked a bit like Trevor McDonald. Well, that was in a Chinese restaurant in Ipswich. Turned out he was talking to the fellow sat behind me. But don't keep me in suspense, Lady Patsy. What's the name of your scheme? Well, it was actually Sir Tom Tom that came up with it. He may look a bit thick, but they'll... Hey! Thank you. <laughs> Well, it was actually Sir Tom Tom that came up with it. He may look a bit thick, but don't let that fool you. What's this called? That's your hand, Tom Tom. <laughs> Lord Hugo, don't fall into the trap of judging Sir Tom Tom on so early an acquaintanceship. He's a very deep thinker. He's got a brilliant brain. Why, he's the driving force behind our. um. Castles in the Air scheme. Castles in the Air? Katina <laughs> I knew it must be something like that. How wonderful. It's a surefire winner. Castles in the air. The name says it all. Like a tower block, only less drugs and more poor people. No? Like a tower block, only less drugs and poor people. I'm getting in on the ground floor. We can use my own castle as the office headquarters. Welcome aboard, Lord Hugo. Now, some of the younger people in the audience may have found that last scene a little hard to follow. 
So let me try and explain. Castles in the sky are pipe dreams, and pipe dreams are sort of daydreamy wishes. The truth is that Patsy, Tom Tom, and now Lord Hugo don't have anything to sell. They are simply selling an idea, a dream, and hoping that people will be suckers enough to buy into it. Apparently, they will, and I believe it happens all the time. It's normally called a mortgage. Meanwhile, back at Braggart Hall, the squire has a visitor in the shape of Mr. Kindly Old Boy. And apparently, things are far from perfect. Someone stole my beautiful pig! Now, squire, calm down. Here, have a hanky. Oh, that's right. Kindly of you, kindly. (laughs) Be back, Western, for just a minute. Some swaggering blackguard swiped her from under my nose. Oh, dear. This is serious. Very. You see, Patsy were my prize prospect for the PPP. The prettiest big prize. Strange to say, I met a young lady just this morning who would have held great sway with the judges. Her name was Patsy as well. And she was also a pig. <laughs> Two G's. <laughs> One of the county pigs. <laughs> yes. Well, that's a coincidence. A young lady, you say, called Patsy Pig with two G's. Yes, <laughs> but I don't suppose young ladies are allowed to compete for the PPP? <laughs> no, indeed not. That would never do. She was with her cousin, Sir Tom-Tom, one of the distant Tom-Toms. <laughs> Tom-Tom, you say? He about so high, looks slightly daft and has a pudding bowl haircut. Well, yes. Thick as two short blanks. Thicker. Vacant look in his eyes like a dog being shown a card trick. Yes. Birthmark behind his left knee shaped like a set of mole grips. Yes. Dunno in. <laughs> Unless Tom Tom the Piper's son. He's stolen my Patsy. Wait! <laughs> you said you thought she was a young girl. Why? Well, uh, she was wearing a dress and a rather unfortunate bonnet. So! She's forced her to go on the run with him. This is more than just stealing. More than simple abduction. This is pignap! Oh, God. And the penalty for pignapping is up to your neck in poo. We return now to Tom Tom and Patsy, who are by this time on a bit of a roll, as they say. We find them alone in Your Way Castle. Look, Patsy, I'm not sure that I like what we're getting ourselves into here. I mean, isn't selling something that doesn't exist the same as stealing? Uh, no. Look, people can't give money that they don't have, can they? Uh, no. So, if they've got money but they want more, why? Uh, because they're greedy. Right. So, what we're doing is uh, giving people who should be bright enough to hang on to their money a very valuable lesson. They should be grateful. It's called tough love. But we'll never get away with it. We're on the run. I bet there's someone after us right now. I'm the butcher with a very sharp knife. It's a very sharp knife. It's a very nice knife. It's twice as sharp and it's twice as nice as the one belonging to the farmer's wife. Who cut off the tails of the three blind mice Could very easily take a life A very, very, very sharp knife We're not on the run There's nobody looking for us I'm Lady Patsy Pig with two G's and you're my cousin, Sir Tom Tom. And that's another thing. I can't talk or act like posh folk. Well then, say now and try to look moody and mysterious or summit. <laughs> right. Let's get ourselves off to Pantoopolis. Lord Hugo has said we can take his coach. Oh, Tom Tom, 
I do hope that money won't spoil things between us. Never! I'd never put money above a friend. Neither would I. Where is that stage manager? I need coffee! Stat! Come here, you. Give me that. Come here. Oh, also, now I think the best point of the show to put in my joke about the Tom-Tom. You know how we've got a character called Tom-Tom and that a Tom-Tom is a piece of satellite navigation equipment? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert on comedy, but I think that's more of a coincidence. And to be honest, it's not a funny coincidence, is it? Right, but I do still get a writer's fee added to my contract. Why? I come up with the, the joke about the two characters being like Dickens' characters, except they're not. <laughs> OK. <laughs> I'll think about it. Great. I thought about it. No. Less than ten minutes after Patsy and Tom Tom have departed from your way castle, who should arrive but Squire Braggart and Mr. Kindly Old Boy? Hose down their horses and give them some licorice sherbet. Oh, yes. <laughs> ah. How do? I'm Squire Braggart. And who do I have the honour of addressing? Lord Hugo, your way. And I'll go mine, eh? Hey! Hey! No. Oh, Lord Hugo, allow me to introduce... Mr. Kindly Old Boy. Yes, we had the pleasure of meeting yesterday morning. Aye. Well, that's why we're here. I believe that there were two others also at your meeting. And kindly, it tells me that you have given them a lift. Quite so. Lady Patsy Pick, two Gs, and Tom Tom, who will probably be a prince before the week is out. A charming couple, you've just missed them. I'm inclined to believe that they are not who they say they are. Of course they are. Good heavens, I've, I've known them for years. Tom Tom and I went to the same school, St. Hoity Toities, I believe. At least he vaguely reminds me of a boy who used to warm the toilet seat for me in winter. My fag, as we used to say. I haven't seen him since I made him hold a piece of toast between his buttocks while I chalked obscenities on the wall of the girls' changing rooms. I never play down the benefits of a good education at a worthy public school. Oh, very posh. Very expensive. Most exclusive. Yes, Lady Patsy and I used to ride hounds together. An excellent horsewoman. A splendid bottom. Although not as good at holding toast. <laughs> this is most perplexing. Mr. Oldboy here described this here Sir Tom Tom, and he's the spitting image of Tom Tom the Piper's son, right down to his pudding bowl haircut. And as my piglet Patsy has the same name as your Lady Patsy, who I am led to believe has very pink skin. I know, it's extraordinary. What are the odds? Are my thoughts exactly. And Mr. Kindly tells me that the lad were wearing rough and ready clothes, and that the lass had on a peculiar dress. And a daft act. Unfortunate. Yes. Well, there's a very simple and utterly believable explanation for that. Aye, I've heard it. High women took everything they had and made them wear their cast-offs. And one of them bandits just happened to be the same dress size as this here Lady Patsy. All of it true. They found the coach this morning at the bottom of Dead Man's Gorge. Well, they'd obviously been drinking. Oh, dear. There's far too much of that nowadays. The little highwayman said a few words to the humble shepherd that found the wreckage. He said, Ask Lady Patsy and Sir Tom Tom to forgive me. And then, he died. Still wearing Lady Patsy's soft, pastel-coloured twin-set and pearls. <laughs> if that Lady Patsy... If that Piper son turns up here with Patsy the Piglet, I shall alert the proper authorities immediately. Oh, excellent. Well said. So, gentlemen, if you'll excuse me, I've got a successful money-making company to run. Of course. So very nice to have met you once again. Hey, <laughs> a, a company? A successful money-making company, you say? Yes. Well, that's the nice thing about being well-connected. You get a lot from a nod and a wink. Hot tips. Hot tips? So, what is the latest hot tip? Well, I'm betting my last groat on a scheme that really is too good to be true, and that's guaranteed. I'm sorry, I can't tell you more about it. My business partners would skin me alive if I were to let the cat out of the bag. Aye, but cats have kittens. How about a bit of a hint? Oh, Squire Braggart, you are a man suffering from a great personal loss. Am I? Your piglet. 
Patsy. Oh, I. Oh, it's the night time when it really hits home. And you'll grieve for a long time because that's your sensitive nature. But ask yourself this. In grief, aren't we entitled to find ways to counteract the gloom and doom? She'd have walked the PPP. May I attempt to lift you from your sorry state, perhaps? I have no wish to intrude, but I'd like very much to cheer you up a little by helping you to make an absolute fortune from a very hush-hush building initiative. Why? <clears throat> May I just say? Castles in the air! Oh, and very beautifully said. Reminds me of tower blocks. Fancy. Castles in the air. <laughs> oh, I want one. And even if I don't live in it. Well, what, what an, an investment. As you, I am sure, remember, Patsy and Tom Tom set out for Pantoopolis. And as soon as they got there, they set about visiting all the top architects and all the top this and all the top that. And they took addresses and cards and invitations and lovely colour brochures because then they could say to the suckers about to be taken for a ride, well, I'll let Patsy tell you. She's probably going to anyway. Oh, yes. We've had extensive talks with all the top people. Everyone's very excited about the project. But the best bit is that for every groat you put in, you get 50 back. <laughs> Bit late there, but never mind. <laughs> Early over there. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone's very excited about the project, but the best bit is that for every groat you put in, you get 50 back. 10 in, 500 big ones out. Which is why we're not taking investments of less than 100,000 groats at a time. We can't afford to let common folk get in on a money-making hayride like this. I should say not. No, oh, no. Once the common man gets his hands on a large amount of groats, he begins to put his hands on a great deal of other things as well. How true, Lord Snoot. So, shall I put you and Lady Snob here down for a uh, substantial amount? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Substantial. substantial. Lovely. <laughs> Just make your checks out to Castles and Sky Homes. Or, even easier, you could just use the acronym C-A-S-H. Cash. One born every minute. We return now to Tom Tom's humble one-room home. Peg and Ned are in residence. The effects of drinking the fat rendered from 27 geese have started to wear off both of them. And the smack rattle has kicked in big time. <laughs> So, you forgot my mildew mash? No, mildew mash is disgusting. It makes you fart in your sleep. Sir, I brought you this instead. They just started selling them down the tavern. What is it? A burrito. Oh, exotic. Yeah. Anyway, our Tom Tom, he's become a working class hero. Not sure why, but then again, the lads down the tavern have always been easily pleased. Give them a bag of pork scratchings and a dominoes tournament, and even the stoutest will go home and try to get stuck into the missus. Speaking of which, come here, you. Give over, you wicked man, trying to seduce me while our Tom-Tom is in danger. He's not in danger. He's a hero. They even have a song about him. No! While you were out wetting your whistle, I were in touch with the mystic forces. I had a terrible vision. I saw foul deeds taking place. Well, I don't want to go into it now, but basically we've got to find our Tom-Tom. He's a fugitive. They'll hunt him down like a wild animal and bring him home in a bucket. A butcher with a very sharp knife. It's a very sharp knife. It's a very nice knife. It's twice as sharp and it's twice as nice as the one belonging to the farmer's wife who cut off the tails of the three blind mice. It could very easily take a life. Right, well... Very, very, very sharp knife. <laughs> could very easily take a life. So, anyway... A very, very, very sharp knife.
So, I'll go round and ask the pub, shall I? They're a rough lot, but their hearts are in the right place. You will do no such thing. He didn't go to the pub. He went to the pigsty. The trail starts there. Right. Well, I'll need all my woodcraft skills. Vyak, love, you've given me a new sense of purpose. I'm like a bloodhound once I've got the scent. I'm relentless. A footprint in some cow muck, a crushed blade of grass here, a tiny fibre of cloth snagged a thorn there, and it all means something to me. And I've got this uncanny sense of direction. So, Braggart Farm. Look, love, why don't you just draw me a map? It's behind the pub. Now be off with you, I've got some more witchy work to do. I'll find him, love, even if I have to go rooting behind every pub in Pantoland. I thought you already had. That's how we met. Our story moves now to the exclusive Pantoopolis Money Club. This is a private membership club that allows only people of wealth, importance, greediness and unpleasantness to join. Patsy and TomTom are the guests of Lord Snoot and Lady Snob. These two are telling the other excited members about their good fortune. Uh, sorry, I'm having some trouble here. Does anyone know the significance of the homicidal butcher who keeps popping up? I put all my money into castles in the air. No longer... <laughs> no longer will I be filthy rich. I'll be disgustingly filthy rich. I'm of exactly the same opinion. I put everything I own into this fabulous project. Even my children's pocket money and trust funds. They'll thank me for it. And if they don't, I'll simply buy more children. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen... I have just sold the entire Castles in the Air <laughs> company for a huge sum of money and I've just bought your whole village in your name. You're now the Lord and Lady of the Manor and the Squire owes you a lot of rent, which he hasn't paid for the last 20 years. He owes you 150,000 groats and one penny. Oh. Well, work here is done. All that remains to say is... Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Tom? It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. Aha! Got you at last! You, you! Squire Braggart! Pignapper! Aye, Pignapper! I'll hang you by your neck till you die! Die! Die, Tom Tom, you scum ridden pisspot! No, you've got it all wrong! How dare you burst into the money club and malign distant Tom Tom in front of all his mates? Distant Tom Tom has a reputation. He'll be happy to see you in court. Who are you, any role? I am the Right Honourable Lady Patsy Pig, two G's. Oh, well, that changes it, sir. Oh, obviously, I am mistaken, a lady. Oh, odds bunkins, Lady Patsy. Let's not have any argy-bargy now for no good reason. Uh, it was simply a case of mistaken identity. But I can see now, just by looking at you, Lady Patsy, in your eccentric boyish clothes and very fetching boots, that you are a lady of quality. I'm right, aren't I, kindly? She's a lovely bit of crackling. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Great quality. <laughs> oh, please excuse me. I can see Lord Snoot. <laughs> Lord Snoot, uh, such a pleasure. My uncle once had the good fortune of dining with your mother. Really? I wish I had. Bitch. <laughs> and as for you, distant Tom-Tom of the distant Tom-Toms, well, I'll look at you and I see so much of Tom-Tom the feckless Piper's lad about you that you could be twins. But I fancy it must just be the similarity in your names and your interesting haircuts. My dad did it with a ball. <laughs> your dad did it with a ball? Hold on. Many's the time that Ned would borrow a ball off me to cut his son's hair. Uh, no. No, me dad. Me dad, it's French, yeah. We are bold. Me dad did it, we are bold. French, eh? What does it mean? It's a proverb. It means, to the uneducated, an A is just three sticks. Well, that's nice of him, right nice of him. Very, uh, profound. Oh, aye, we're both sophisticated men of the world. We're both no class when we see it. Uh, oh, yes. I can size up a man's character very quickly, I can. 
And it's funny we should meet in the money club because I'm going to make an awful lot before too long. Yes, I've just invested all I've got into a very sound scheme. And I've just written out a cheque and given it to it's Lord Hugo Yoy, who's a chum of yours, I believe. Oh, yes. 150,000 groats. Castles in the air. <laughs> I'll double me money in no time. Oh, yes, we'll be rolling in it. And me and Slow Dave from the tavern used to roll in it too. Then we'd cover ourselves in freshly cut grass and play monsters. Isn't he just a hoot? <laughs> ah, well, well, I can't wait to get my hands on all those lovely groats. Might you do me the honour of returning to Braggett Hall with me as honoured guests? Oh, say yes, Lady Patsy. Um... Good, that's settled. Come along kindly, Lady Patsy. Be so kind as to take my arm. At the same time as these newfound friends set off for Braggart Hall, Ned has found his way to Your Way Castle and is even now relating his engaging tale to Lord Hugo. You see, I saw the carriage tracks right and then right I saw a lad's footprints and a wee dainty dancer's footprints and suddenly the carriage tracks got deeper as though they might be heavier, say by two extra. So you see, here I am. They've become a sort of Bonnie and Clyde. (laughs) Who the hell are you, Bear Grylls? Finding that needle in the haystack, that were a three-bottle job. <laughs> Come, my bloodhound minstrel, let the good times roll. We shall wonder what has become of this panto over a jug of wine. It's about here that things begin to get a little sticky. You see, while Ned was tracking Tom, Tom and Patsy on their way to Braggart Hall, the bottom fell out of castles in the air. <laughs> leaving a lot of angry people looking for someone to blame. They intended that the poo penalty would be administered heads down to the culprits. Our story now moves to Braggart Hall, where Squire Braggart tries to break the news of the collapse to Petunia. Ruined! I'm ruined! You're ruined! (laughs) Don't be silly, Daddy. I've still got my dear, dead, darling mother's inheritance. Plus interest. No! That's just it. I took a punt with it. You went boating? No. I took a gamble and you lost everything. I can't even afford to send you back to your posh and expensive school. Shame! The deep, deep shame. I shall hide my face away from the world. Become a woman of mystery. I shall lock my doors to the world. Wash the floors of the world more like. You don't seem to understand, lass. You're like your mother. And never mind the haunting beauty and swan-like neck. You've got no idea of the harsh realities of life. Wait! Distant Tom-Tom. He's a catch. Set your cap at him, lass. Woo him. He's a tough, just like you are now. He even speaks French. He plays a deep game, does distant Tom Tom, a very deep game. He's an odd fish. You go and reel him in. Is he deep, Daddy? French is the language of love. Deep love. Amour. Ouvre la fenêtre. Oh! <laughs> you do that lovely pet. Avez-vous un stylo? Oh, smashing! Oh, look, love. He's out on the terrace in the moonlight. Go out and waggle something at him. My ears. (laughs) I used to enthrall the other girls at school with my ear waggling. Uh, No. Look, love, you're missing the point. Wobble your bobby dazzlers. That'll get him on your side and no mistake. Go on, do it for your dad. I shall. I shall rescue my family's good name and restore its honour and fortunes. (laughs) Distant Tom Tom, you startled me. I didn't see you sitting there in the moonlight. 
You must think me a trace to Pete. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, merci, monsieur. <laughs> um, fantastic. Uh, I loathe the outdoors. But I love the night. But I loathe the night air. Many squishy things flying around in it. <laughs> Don't you agree, distant Tom Tom? Uh, fantastic. That's all you seem to be able to say, isn't it? Can't you say anything else? Or are you afraid to speak? Afraid that somehow you will reveal a terrible, a dark and terrible secret. <gasps> oh, that's it, isn't it? Of course it is. How intensely romantic. Tell me. You must tell me everything. Unburden yourself. I shall be the one person in the whole world that you can entrust with your gruesome secret. I simply love gruesome secrets. Well, yes. Well, any more wells and we shall strike oil. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really a lord, and I'm not really a sir. I'm not but a piper's son, really. <gasps> Gosh. <laughs> it's so good to get that off my chest. Thank you, Petunia. It's so wonderful to be able to share a secret with someone you can really trust. <laughs> a piper's son? You're not a real lord. Just a piper's son. Just a... Nasty little boy with horrid things in his trousers, like catapults and, and caterpillars and... Oh, catalogues! <laughs> Why, I bet that you don't even own a V-neck pullover and you, you dress like a, a dreadful dandy. Well, I was on to you from the start. I played along with you and you fell into my trap. Now I shall expose you for the wretched little piper son you really are. Daddy! Daddy, come quickly! Oh, what is it? What is it, love? Distant Tom Tom isn't sick, is he? You've not gone and upset him, have you? He's not distant, Tom Tom. He's a very nasty little boy who has a piper for a father. He's just Tom Tom. Tom Tom the piper's son? I thought so. I did. I did. I thought as much. I thought he all along. I knew it. And he fell into my trap. My trap, Daddy? <laughs> uh, no, love. I was watching him like a hawk. I'm a little cat, I am. I may look as though I'm just sitting there dribbling down my front, but no. <laughs> I see everything. The body language, the flicker of an eyelid here that betrays the inner guilt. Oh, I, I wasn't born yesterday. What do we do now, Daddy? Do we make him stand in pool? No. <laughs> There's only one way to deal with a pig napper. No! That's our boy! Oh, Tom Tom, we've found you at last. Hello, who are you? We're your parents, Tom Tom. Remember us? This lad stole my piglet and shunned my daughter. He must pay with his life. <laughs> my poor lad, such a price to pay for stealing a pig. But theft is theft, so what can you do? <laughs> Not just that. He also swindled myself and a few very powerful and wealthy people out of their hard-earned cash. Hang him! Police! Now just you wait a minute. If you think our boy has the gumption to administer a complicated pyramid cash swindle, then you're barking up the wrong tree. I mean, the boy talks to cattles. <laughs> Too right. He could no more swindle cash than he could grow wings. You must be mistaken. And anyway, do you really think that this boy here <laughs> has the brains to outsmart a man like you, Squire Braggart? Oh, well, now you mention it, it is odd. But if he didn't do it, who did? Maybe there was someone else. The brains behind it all. Oh, did I miss anything? Oh, we're just trying to figure out who might be being... 
We were just trying to figure out who might have been the brains behind the snatching of my pig and the swindling of my cash. You wouldn't happen to know, would you? Oh, no. Maybe the piglet escaped by itself. Maybe. So you're saying that the piglet might have had the brains to escape? Absolutely. And any pig that has the brains to escape must have the brains to disguise itself as a human. One might think so. And any master of disguise could be a master of financial skullduggery. Stands to reason. So, where is this piglet in disguise, I wonder? Beats me. <laughs> so, Patsy, tell me, how long have you known Tom Tom? Oh, well, I don't know about a week! Oh, bugger! What a great time for that to happen. I knew it! You are, Patsy! You ran off and you stole all my money! Get her! A chase ensued. A chase for Patsy the pig. Meanwhile, Tom Tom was dancing on his own in a corner. In his head, he was king. King of the world. Gotcha! No getting away with it now. So what are we going to do with her? I know just the person. Who's this? A man with a lovely straw boater hat, a bloody apron, and a very sharp knife. Oh, that's a bit much. That's the significance of the homicidal butcher who keeps popping up. <laughs> right. Hey, ho. Bacon sandwiches all round! And then, in true fairy tale style, let's wash off all this blood and then all get married! Hooray! Hooray! Oh, Daddy! I think I've just fallen in love with Rough and Red and Ned. He's a musician. I really love musicians. He's not a musician. He's not but a drunk. All musicians are drunks. <laughs> you can't go off with him, love. Think of the age difference. Think of the poverty. He's worthless. And what about poor Peg? Oh, I've often watched you dragging home faggots through the woods. <laughs> I've seen you watching. Peg, would you do me the honour of becoming my wife? Uh, isn't she already married to Ned? Oh, no, 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 no. We're not married. He never asked. And I never really loved him anyway. I knew it! Peg. Oh, all right. But I want to go out on the prowl for faggots from time to time. It's in my blood. Oh, yes, whatever you want. I want some toast. <laughs> and so, Ned wed Petunia, the squire wed Peg, the butcher wed Hugo, and Tom Tom, well, Tom Tom went into hiding, ashamed of all the trouble he'd caused. Oh, Kettle, you were so right. You said that I'd become rich and famous, and I did. Although, at what cost? I know. I don't know how I do it. Sometimes I amaze myself. I know I tend to get a little steamed up from time to time and have a knack for getting into hot water, but then these great ideas just come bubbling to the surface. They should make a film of my life story. <laughs> hey, what's up with you, lad? You look like you just sucked a lemon. Well, the thing is... Is what? Well, it's Christmas, and nobody's even wished me Happy Christmas. Oh. That is sad. Or even given me a present. Oh. I'll have him pull a cracker. Oh. <laughs> Tragic. But don't worry, lad, because... What? Because... What?
Yeah.